Well, hey there, friends. Greg here on the Curious Friends Podcast. So good to be with you today. You are in for a real, real treat today. I've been waiting for this for some time. We actually had to reschedule because of snow. But my friend Matt Engel is with us today. Matt is a cool dude, former pastor from down in Phoenix, who now leads the largest gathering of innovative churches probably anywhere, works with churches that are getting it done and churches that are wanting to know how to get it done all around mm. the country. And I just, I sit and listen uh, when Matt's <laughs> in the room and I continue to learn a lot. It overwhelms me just a little bit. Uh, but Matt, thank you for being with us My today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. It's yeah, it's it's so good just to be with you, man. I feel like every time we're together, I could just sit and listen to you talk for days. <laughs> and uh, probably a lot of people feel that way, except for your wife. Yeah, exactly. my guest. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's too many words that come out, uh, then it's time for a break. It's all good stuff. <laughs> hey, I want to jump in with this. So church world is not the same yep. as it was, well, actually the first time we met, yep. I think, which was, I mean, I think it was 2019. If I'm correct about that, you'd heard about discovering what we're doing and yep. uh, came down and gave us some really good insight. But a lot has changed since we yeah. last, we've texted some, but yep. since we last spoke. So can we talk about that? Can we just totally. talk about, you know, because we talk about it a lot here on our staff team with our elders. What is God up to in the world? What's what's working in the church? What's not working in the church? What yep. used to work doesn't work anymore. Just what are you seeing as you work with these churches who are innovative and figuring things out around yeah. the country? Um, lessons learned. What are you seeing? Yep. What's what's the, the state of where we are. Yeah. So, um, there's probably a couple of things. I think, I think one of the first things, um, I like to think through is like, like start with scripture. And mm. so one of the things that I, I think about is, is, um, Nehemiah there, there's still the basic construct in church world right now where they're asking the same questions he did. Hey, you know, his brother and friends walk around the corner and he's like, Hey, tell me about my people and tell me about the city. Yes. Right, and so he yes. gets he gets wisdom, data, insights from his his brother and his friends, and and the, you know my for my Baptist friends, it's like they're beaten, battered, and bruised. That's what he's saying, right? <laughs> and you know, and the city's not doing great, <laughs> right? Um, from from that perspective, and so I still there there's still this thing that's happening, and I think it's got an accelerant behind it now mm. with COVID, where we just. We thought we knew what was going on with our people, and we thought we knew what was going on in the city. But when COVID exposed our deficiency and mm. sort of what I would call the wisdom side of that, yes, um, we felt kind of pain in the church. And so now, now what what I like to say is one of the things that I'm seeing just churches beginning to double down on the the ones that are that are truly winning for the for the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Have have increased what I call like a know and match engine. What they've done is they've they're seeking wisdom at a disproportionate rate. Like as pastors, we don't we don't say to the Lord we we want to get dumber. Right. <laughs> what we do is say, hey, Lord, help me where I don't know. The, right. You know, the smartest dude on the planet outside of Jesus was was Solomon, and he what did he ask for wisdom? Yes. And so I think there's this this massive shift of churches that are winning are just continuing to get smarter about their people and about the city. Like at the base base level, those are two things that are are just winning. Okay, so help me put some uh, wheels to that. Yep. Uh practically speaking, what are some of the things that well maybe that we we used to do that you're not seeing what are we moving away from? Yep. What are we moving towards? What's what's the thinking? What tends to be working? Yeah, so so 
one of the one of the ways in which we can get smarter is by just asking our people. You know, mm. we 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 yeah. used to think we don't want to ask anything of anybody because <laughs> we don't want to be big brotherish, right? That right. was like the thought. And and now it's like we don't know what we don't know. Right. So like let's just ask our people. And so one of the things that I'm seeing now is a willingness of churches to just say, "What are you passionate about?" Mm, that's good. Right. Like, and and one of the shifts that we used to make fun of and we still kind of make fun of in church is like, we don't want a bunch of consumers in church. Oh uh, yeah. Right. Well, the churches that are that are that are taking new ground that really actually were set up well to deal with COVID were churches that had already kind of shifted their model of thinking mm. of people as consumers versus thinking of people as contributors. Yes. So I think about, again, I'll go back to, to scripture, right? You know, Adam was put in the Garden of Eden to do a job, to yes. contribute value yes. to something that was already perfect. Yep. Like, hey, go go contribute value to something that's perfect. Yes. <laughs> and so, so if we're created in the image of God, I'm sitting here going, that means that we're predisposed and hardwired for contribution. Right. Which then means that our people that are showing up to church aren't consumers as much as they are contributors that we just haven't unlocked. Right. And that's a big, that's not a big profound thought, but it is through the structure of the church to say, what does it look like for us to architect ourselves for contribution over consumption? Right. And so things like that first time somebody, you know, intersects with a person that comes to your church and they're brand new, instead of maybe saying, hey, go to this class, right. it could be like, what are you passionate about? Right. Conversation. And, and where, you know, where can we open up the dialogue beyond making this too churchy feel or too programmatic class right. structured thing that, that enables more consumption? Right. Hey, we're going to tell you about all the things that we're good at. Right. Uh, well, I want to know what you're good at because I believe that God's gifted you uniquely for contribution. So my job now as 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 the pastor is to unlock that and help catalyze that because that's what I know will actually fulfill you. Right. You know, I, I hate to admit this, but uh, <laughs> I was I was I was late to the game on this stuff. In fact, as I think back to it, I. I don't think I was thinking this way when we met, when we originally met and hung out yeah. three, four years ago. It's been a journey that God's had me on. I've talked to you about it, the DMM stuff and yep. so forth. But you know, one of the things we've talked about as a team that right now we are trying to de deconstruct a mindset that we were really responsible for creating. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> I, I tease about how if you go and search the internet, you can find it. I even did a sermon called Come and See. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was one of our core values. Yep. You know, a friend of mine has a cool church and that was one of theirs. I thought, great, let's make and then I went so far as to preach a sermon on it. I'm not exactly <laughs> proud of that, but it's out there somewhere. So don't search for that if you're listening to this. Uh but you know, this whole idea of kingdom contribution yeah. and everybody's got a unique kingdom contribution to bring, that's been really weighing heavy on me. And you know, God really didn't set me start to stir that up in me. Until probably <clears throat> about the time we met is probably when it started. Yeah, uh, but you're on you're on to something there. Uh, that the, it's not about the weekend experience. We keep saying it's it's important. It's not what's most important. Yep, yep. Around here, because uh, I do see I do see what we do on the weekend being important. Absolutely. And people's lives are changed and they're challenged, That's and right. you know they got to encounter, they bump into Jesus That's and right. God's word and struggle and wrestle with those kind of things. So. 
it has value. It is important. It's just not what's most important. But this whole idea of contribution is something we've been working on here to try to get our people to help them be confident, to actually come yeah. along and not only equip, but I can equ- equip people all day long. We can equip people yep. all day long, but if we don't empower them, that's right. it's giving them the courage and the confidence to step forward that's right. in, in that. And so... I have to raise my hand and say, yes, me too. Uh, I've been late to the game in that. I wish I was on that, on the cusp of that before COVID yeah. hit, but I can't really say that was true. No, well, and and honestly, the majority of churches weren't. Mm. That That's just the God's honest truth. I, in fact, I, I, I would say, you know, if I put a percentage on it, based upon the churches even that I work with, you're probably pushing 90% of the people wow. weren't thinking that way. Yes. Because they were more thinking around this idea of, you know, centralizing systems and structures yes. and content and and come to our thing because yes. we're the thing <laughs> and and when in when in all reality, I mean, it, it, it's not a it, I I would say it's not a bad thing and it's not an indictment on how we were doing ministry. Right. It, it the reconciliation that needed to happen truly was the byproduct of COVID, in my opinion. No doubt. I agree. I, I, I pray for those that have been struggled or hurt or lost lives. Yes. Through the through the same point, I'm thankful in ministry that it did happen because it has reconciled us back to scripture. Mm. God set up the church to act more, and these are these are my terms, more like a, a platform and less like a pipeline. Explain that a little bit. So so God designed us to think through the lens of of a platform being like like Uber or Airbnb mm. yeah. or or platform infrastructures like that where all we're doing is helping people connect with other people. Right. You know, the Uber concept is hey, here's somebody in the neighborhood that needs a ride. Right. Oh, and, and here's somebody that has spare time and a vehicle and can give you a ride. Absolutely. It's just infrastructure that's connecting somebody that has value to to give with somebody who needs that particular value. Mm, that's so good. Whereas in the church, right, it's the same thing. It's like we have something that we want to contribute because, again, we were designed by God for contribution. Right. And there is probably somebody in our lives and in our neighborhood or in our workplace that could benefit from that value. So Absolutely. how can the church provide the infrastructure that enables or equips or empowers that type of value exchange to happen versus I want to own control and govern everything. So you're going to buy a cab and it's going to be yellow mm. and here's all the constraints with it. And here's the thing that you there, here's the meter that has to be on it. And you have to take this credit card and you have to call this number in order to get a ride. And you have to do all this stuff. Right. Well, that's a lot of ownership. That's a lot of governance. That's a lot of control. When yet the largest transportation provider now on the planet doesn't own a single car, <laughs> right? So how can, right. how can, how can, you know, any church, let's say Discovery Church, be the largest ministry provider in Colorado Springs right. without having to own everything, right? Just a slightly different thought, but we're accomplishing thing, same thing. We're both in the transportation business. Right. The difference is one entity has to own everything, control it, and govern it. The other one doesn't. Mm. And that's so good. <laughs> that's you know. so good. Sign me up for that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we want to. This is the beauty, in my opinion, is like we, we in essence, as people and as believers and the followers of Christ, like we want that. We just need, back to your point, and I love that term empowerment, you know, at some level, we just need a better tool Yes. To help us go do what we want to do. Yes. It's like, and or 
permission. Yes. Sometimes we've, again, yes. we've grown up in yes, this yes, culture yes. right now around this concept of pipeline where, you know, I remember growing up, it was like, hey, you know, before, before you share your faith with anybody, make sure you've gone through these 25 steps and that. earned all of these badges mm-hmm. before you share your faith, because you might screw it up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when in all reality, it's like, I'm probably going to screw it up anyway. No doubt. No <laughs> so, doubt. So there's this essence here of like, hey, let's let's equip, let's empower, but let's also remove a ton of the friction yes. because we're afraid. We, we have a scarcity mindset with regards to people sharing their faith. What if they don't do it right? Well, that's probably going to be fine and they probably won't. <laughs> right. But in all reality, we're not asking them to share their faith. We're asking them to do life with people. That's exactly. That's, you know, it just makes me think of what we talk about around here. You know, we say, live your faith, share your life. Yep. Um, it's different than sharing your faith. Exactly. And, um, oh, that's good. Yeah. I, I, I just want to help people that, that, that need something get connected to the person that can actually provide that something that they're looking for. Yeah. And, and you know what? If we just did that, Capital C Church did that. Huge win for the kingdom. Yeah, Be exactly. exactly what we were created to be. That's right. That's right. So what do you see the, the churches out there that you're working with and dealing with and having conversations with? Um, what are they thinking about? What are they, How are they, if, if that's the direction we need to go, mm-hmm. what, are, what are some of the, the, the things they're thinking about or actually doing or putting into place? What are some practices? I mean, I don't want to get into a yeah. you know the five to do list here, but what are some things they're doing to start to try to move in that direction? Because, yeah. because my guess is, I know you're working with a lot of big, big churches, yep. and it's hard to turn those very <laughs> yeah. quickly. No kidding. <laughs> so, um, but what what are you seeing uh, out there? What's working? Maybe what's not working? But what's the, what's the general yeah. direction we're moving here? Some of the some of the big things that I, that I'm seeing is, is really the sort of the decentralization Mm -hmm. of authority and Mm -hmm. really raising up what, what we would call in scripture, the saint. So our job, according to, you know, when Paul's writing, when, when Paul's writing his letters, it's equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Like we've been taught that. Yep. And, and we all have gifts. And so, so really what I'm seeing now is the church is sort of re- reshifting things to say, hey, we're going to decentralize ministry to where everybody is the saint, and our job is to help equip them, empower them, enable them to do that thing through the lens of removing friction. Right. So we've placed a lot of barriers of entry into thinking that, hey, you're not a leader unless you've gone through these 25 classes. Right. Mm, no. I mean, you can we, argue. I'm guilty of that yeah. too. So, man, you're <laughs> nailing us on every front here. Thanks, thanks for coming today, you're welcome. Matt. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. <laughs> I probably won't get coming back. <laughs> yeah, you. Will. But, but the idea, the idea would be right. Like, the, we need to remove some of that friction. Now, there, there is empowering and equipping that can go along with that. Right. But it should sort of be that minimum, not the maximum. As, as if. You know, again, the scarcity mindset says you need 25 classes. The abundance mindset says you need three. Yeah, I like that. And 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 it could be three 20-minute sessions online. It, like, right. there's an element here where, and guess what? The church might not have to do it. It could be a, an entrepreneur in the community right. that just says, hey, here are three ways that, that I do training mm, and development good. in my own company. Yes. And I'm willing to train up and develop people to do whatever it is they're going to do. But here are some common themes. Yes. 
It doesn't have to be branded your church or anything else because yes. typically people are not trusting brand anymore. It could just be, hey, these are good things that have helped me, and here's here's my track record to kind of prove it. Right. So th- th- that's probably one of the one of the bigger things is you know decentralizing that authority. The I think the other thing that that from a practical perspective is probably providing better tools. Right. We think here's a book, read the book. Yes. I don't know how many books I've been given that I have read a couple of chapters and I'm like, you could have just given me a tool. You could have just put this on a three by five note card and I would have been fine. You yes, know? absolutely. It's like, is it simple enough to draw on the back of a napkin as you probably have heard that right. in the past of Southwest? It's like, hey, right. th- this is our business model. Yes. These three cities. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. And so from that perspective, it's like, what can we do to provide better tools for our people to do the thing that they actually are hardwired and care about. Eventually, you know, people, again, scripture, people are created for contribution. And then the second one is they're created for community. Yes. So the first time in scripture, it's not good is when Adam's by himself. I would probably abstract that to marriage, but you could abstract that just to relationship or community. Absolutely. So, So if those two things are true and that's innately built within everybody, how can we remove friction and provide a better tool for those two things to happen? Oh, that's really good. Good stuff here. Thanks for exposing us today. It's, it's been wonderful. No, you know, we, we, um, we've come a long way in this journey. In fact, I just was thinking about that word empowerment and how important it is. We actually, one of the hills we die on, our core values around here, used to be equipping. Mm-hmm. And um, it just came to me a couple of years ago, we need to change that word to empowering. Yeah. Uh, because there is a big difference. I mean, we can have classes all day long, yep. teach you tips and techniques and better ways to do things, but it's that empowerment piece that actually gives me the confidence and pushes me across the line to, and, exactly. to and get it, it done. Ha- it doesn't have to be super hard either. I mean, it could be literally just providing a tool and empowering a couple to go date regularly. Right. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, hey, you know, married couple, husband and wife, go out on a date regularly. Yes. And, and that's biblical, yes, but yes. social science supports that as well. You are four <laughs> times as likely to be satisfied in your marriage if you date regularly. Yes. Right? So what does that look like? Well, we have to teach people, equip them, yes. but then we just need to give them permission to say, hey, and this isn't fight night, guys. Like, Yes. This is date night. Yes. <laughs> so so if you've got things, deal with that on a daily basis, but, but this is where we can dream together, we can have adventures together, we can play together. And so things like that where... Yes, that's not overly spiritual or overly evangel- evangelistic, but I tell you what, when other people, I've seen this even in, in mine and my wife's life, we've been married for uh, 20 years now, and, and I've seen this happen where we'll go out on a date, have fun, laugh, and joke, and, and people look at us differently. Mm-hmm. And we've had a couple where we've been at a restaurant where a waiter or waitress will come up and they're like, hey, what are you guys laughing at? And we're like, oh, well, we just asked this question of each other and we've never thought to ask it before. And our church, you know, said we should talk about it. So we did. And and just uh, the fact of the image of me throwing away my, you know, underwear is probably not. <laughs> when I know that really now bothers my wife or something yeah. like that. It's yeah. like, throw away your holy boxers. Oh, yeah. don't, that's not sexy anymore. <laughs> so things like that, right? Where it's yeah. like. A, a, a tool yes, where we're creating an environment where couples are engaged in healthy dialogue and conversation and having fun that opens up an opportunity for a conversation to happen just around life, like you said. Yes. That That is doing what it is I actually want to do, which is I want to date my wife. Yes. Right? So things things like that reduce friction, 
provide better tools that enable our people to do what it is they actually were created and want to do. Mm-hmm. S- slightly different, still what we've kind of been doing, but just a slight pivot off in what we've been doing because it used to be do it my way. Here's the branded thing. Here's right. the Bible verse. You got to pray before you eat. You got to do all right. these steps before you actually get to the thing that we actually want you to do. When in all reality, then by that, and I'm already paying for the check and we're already going home to get our babysitter a break. <laughs> no doubt. Well, that's good. <laughs> well, you know, I feel as I, as I listen to you talk about that, I feel like that we're, I feel like we're moving in the the right direction. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're having the right conversations. Um, we want our people to feel empowered. We've done some things in the past that wouldn't have made them feel that way mm-hmm. and made, and, and, and we're responsible for actually building something here that from, you know, before COVID, looking at it from the church lens that we typically look through, looked like it was working. Yeah. And lives were changing. I mean, you yeah. know, people were finding Jesus here and their lives were changing and marriages were getting better and stories, people were getting healing and all that's true. But uh, I'm just, I'm personally grateful. And it wasn't just COVID because God kind of started me on that journey before yeah. COVID that he's opened our eyes to, you know, let's, let's be a platform, not a pipeline. I yeah. like, I like that language. That's right. Yeah. I, I, I've challenged other leaders in churches about this. It's, and, and I purposefully say it in this fashion where I'll ask them, I'm like, are you a disciple making church? Mm. And I get this, mm, yeah, that's, that's what we are. And I'm like, or are you a disciple maker making church? Oh crap. I answered too early. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I want to gotcha. be I want to be a disciple maker making church. Yes. That's really what I want to be. Yes. And yes. and the byproduct may or may not be that that future disciple comes to our church. That's so big right there. But yes. it's okay. Yes. Right? Like abundance says if I do that things are going to continue to go well. Right. Right. It's and, resu- it's results for the kingdom that you will never be able to measure. Right. Right. And you um, hold it loosely because it's not a pipeline, it's a platform. That's right. And, you know, you're not responsible for the results. Yeah. I, I want to be the largest ministry provider in this area without having to own everything. Oh, that's good. I want to be the largest, you know, just like Uber, transportation, or Airbnb, lodging, or, or you know, Alibaba, largest largest uh, platform that's enabling consumers and producers to get connected on selling goods. They don't own anything. They're yes. just connecting people with other people, and... That's really what we were designed to do. So how can everybody that shows up to church feel that way of, hey, I've got something to contribute, and chances are it's probably not in the church. It's probably in my community of somebody that could benefit from the thing that I'm designed to give. That's it. That's it. Hey, I want to shift gears just a little bit. Um, So you know we've talked about uh, the—I think Steve first talked to you about the City Hub. Yep, yep. And you're here today in the building with us, so you're yeah. actually seeing, you know, some of the changes that's happening and and uh, signage and lobby and so forth. Uh, what are you seeing, or are you? Seeing, I know you are, but what are you seeing out there as far as rethinking buildings? Yep. You know, I think it's it's part of this conversation too. Rethinking, okay, what is what does our church building building look like in the context of yeah. how can we use this? utilize this more as a ministry tool or asset. What are you seeing out there in the world you're running around in? Yeah. So the same thing as what our, what our structure and our architecture for ministry is, we should view the building as the same way as a platform. Yes. That enables somebody to leverage this infrastructure that the Lord's blessed us with. Yes. 
to provide value to somebody who needs the value. And it just happens to be leveraged off in our infrastructure, AKA this building. Yes. So the hub is a perfect example of that construct being applied here in, in Colorado Springs. It's like, Hey, how can we help people that need X where, where we're not the providers of the thing that they need. There are other people that are providing that and they just need a place to exchange that value. Yes. Right. So, so to me, you guys are already miles ahead of churches now. And I, and I should say there, there's a chasm here. There are churches that have embraced this type of thought yes. across the country that I'm working with. And then there's other churches that, that like I said, are locked down like Fort Knox. I yes. mean, you can't get in without giving them a blood sample, <laughs> right? And, and hey, I'll, lean, I'll loan you my spleen while I go have this meeting, and then can I have it back? And so there is this element here of like yes. churches that are embracing the idea that they should be leveraging their building beyond just Sunday for three hours yes. are winning. Yes. And and it is becoming a destination for mentorship and leadership. Hey, yes. I can't meet with you at my work, but I'd love to mentor you. Why don't yes. you swing by my church and let's grab just some time. Right. Right. Now that's a that's a up and coming student or college student or young adult right. trying to connect with somebody who's, you know, five minutes ahead of them. Mm-hmm getting some wisdom and right. it just so happens they can leverage the infrastructure here of the church whereas otherwise they wouldn't be able to right and so things like that are, are just a, a unique way that churches are beginning to rethink reshape this massive investment that they have in this building yes. and I mean and we used to we used to fight it at my church all the time it was like we we were conditioned to basically say no yes and as a, as a mentor of mine likes to say, uh, from down at North Coast is like, you know, find a way to say yes and just begin to rethink what we're doing and how we're doing it to where we can maybe say yes and and really truly allow for the kingdom to be advanced, leveraging the infrastructure that he's clearly blessed us with. Right. Well, that was, you know, that was the thinking behind the hub here is we just looked at things. We're, we don't have a lot of resources. Yep. You know, we, we push a lot of money out the doors. And um, yeah, uh, but the one thing we did realize as we looked at it is a most underutilized asset that we have is our That's building. Right. It sits dark and empty way too often. That's right. And how can we change that? And then we're in a city that's growing rapidly, yep. you know, here at Colorado Springs. But it's it's interesting because two, two major event spaces – have closed or are moving towards closing in the last mm. year or two. So we've got a growing city, more people, more demand for event space and yep. meeting space and co-op workspace and a place for concerts and, and that sort of thing. So there's a need on this. Well, there, we have desperate need for more uh, quality childcare preschool yep, type sure. stuff. Uh, and we've got we've got space where all these things can happen. That's right. So can we can we match it? match it up. Um, you know, I've been, I've had that dream for six, seven years. Our elders circled back to it a couple of years ago, but it's hard because you talk about what, what we allowed church, particularly in America to become, mm-hmm. and it became building centric. That's right. And bigger is better. And, uh, so when we talk about deconstructing, yep, we've had to deconstruct. We're still working on pulling apart churches and building. Yeah, absolutely. Church and building. And I, you know, in, in the early days, I kind of cringed when I thought about it. Yeah. You know, I was like, you know what? This building is not just for us. It's also for the city. This would be a great tool. It's like, ooh, but. 
Yeah. Because I've grown up in church, and it's it's been my thinking, you know, that church, my church is the building. In fact, I remember thinking, because we were in a high school when I got to Discovery, yep. you know, 15 years ago, then we moved to a 10,000-square-foot little storefront rental space, and when we were able to buy this building in 2014, I remember thinking, man, we've arrived. Yeah. We're a real church now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'd grown up in a church that grew to be huge and, you know, had a great facility, and so, but it was like, we're not a real church until we have a building. That's right. This was so ingrained even in my thinking. So we've had to we've had to work really hard to to uh, deconstruct that. And so really what we're hoping to do is because we are working on the other side of thing, that everyone is a contributor. Yeah. That's right. And you live sent where you already are. Yep. And I mean, really trying to push people out to yep. you carry this, carry the virus, carry right. it out of here. What I know in COVID world is probably not a real popular saying, but anyway, <laughs> but carry it out of here. So, but what I said to them when we started talking about the hub was, listen, we're not only going to push you out. This is important. It's not what's most important. That's right. You being out there is what's most important, but we're not only going to push you out. We're going to invite the world in. Yep. Yep. And we're going to give you opportunities. If you just swing by this building, such as you're going to see people sitting in the lobby who have coffee, yep. who may never come to a church service. That's right. Um, so we're trying to work that both and uh, side of things, but um, well, and what be- what better way to reach the, sort of the next generation of of, mm. of people, right? Uh, you know, again, our, our boomers kind of grew up in that sort of yes. organizationally centric model. Me, yes, yeah, and and now you've got this up and coming generation that's like, I can work anywhere, yes, and and I can be highly productive anywhere, yes. And so this this idea that this could be a place where those up and coming people could actually show up and leverage Wi-Fi and a cool building or a warm building, depending upon where you're at, and accomplish what they're trying to accomplish. Guess what? You're a platform. You're, yes. you're enabling them to contribute value to their workplace, which is consuming that value. And and guess what? That that's a that's a quality thing that eventually, you know, again, abundance thinking says they're going to bump into Jesus at some point. Yes, 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 and, yes. And I don't need to beat them over the head when they walk in with it, yes. because abundance says they're going to bump into Jesus. Yes, you know, and it and it fits that, and that we use that language all the time around here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bump into it. Jesus. I, I mean, so you're singing our song. You know, we also have talked about, and lots of churches talk about belonging before you believe. Yep. I just think this building, this hub thing has really given us another opportunity for us to do that too. Totally. Come belong, have coffee, hang out, work here, jump on the internet, Yep. engage or not engage with people if you want to do that, but you belong here with us. This exactly. is a safe place for you. This is good space for you, whether you believe what we believe or not. Agreed. Yeah. yeah that, 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 that's that's a beautiful thing. And to me, to me, like I said, that chasm is a real thing in the church world right now. There are those that are seeing the the fruit and the benefit of that thinking. Yes, and there are those that are are quick to say no. And it it it's just it's unfortunate, in my opinion, as being a beacon and 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 an agent of change in the community. Yes, the church. Some churches are actually walking away and disengaging from that, which is unfortunate. Right. Well, you know, God is the same yesterday, today, forever, but 100%. that doesn't mean he wants his church to stay the same. Agreed. Uh, and so we're going we're gonna to continue. Our time is up. We're going to yep. continue to stay uh, curious. And, and um, listen, Matt, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Uh, we've talked about it before here. We talk about it at DCC. Jesus informs the vision of this church. We try to really just 
yep. track with where he's leading us, what he's asking us to do, ask good questions, stay curious about things. But having guys like you walk this journey with us uh, really does provide wisdom and discernment. So thank you for who you are for so many churches yeah, around thanks. this country. You are a really, really sharp guy, and it's obvious you walk with God, and, and your friendship means a lot to me. Thanks. But your uh, your leadership and guidance for us as a staff team, as, as elders, and as this tribe here at DCC means a lot, too. So I'm hoping this won't be, <laughs> despite the fact that you exposed us, I'm hoping that this won't be the last time that we get to do this Absolutely. together. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks. Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Curious Friends podcast. If you want to find out more about our guest, please check the show notes. If you would like to get connected with us, we would love to hear from you. And you can do that by sending us a DM on Instagram or Facebook, or you can email us at curiousfriendspodcast at discovery.church. If you like this podcast, please share it with someone. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Please join us next time for some more great conversation. And like always, stay curious, friends. Oh,